doing online or on our podcast. Um, we are meeting in person at Salisbury Elementary School and we're in a new location in the green grass. It's pretty cool. Uh, we have Kona ice, shaved ice that was there this Sunday and we're hoping to get more food trucks and just own it and then we'll be inside soon. So if you're listening and you're local, you live in Salisbury, Massachusetts area, Newberry, Merrimack, Southern New Hampshire, wherever that is, please, I wanna see your face. Um, and if you are living somewhere else out of state, um, I'm just so encouraged that you are listening. And my hope is that this will encourage you as it's encouraged me as I have uh, been in scripture and said, what does Jesus want for our church? Um, but I want to start praying and then we'll dive into it. Lord, we just pray, Lord, that no matter where we're listening to this or watching this, that you would just speak into our life. Lord, the book that we read, the Bible, the teachings that you've given us have been timeless, Lord. And so, Lord, let your truths remain timeless today and impact us in every way. In your name we pray. Amen. John chapter 21, verses 1 through 17. This is right after Jesus had been resurrected. Uh, his disciples were trying to figure out what to do. They had not received their marching orders. So they are doing what most people would do when they don't know what to do is going back to what they used to know, and that was fishing. So Peter and some of the disciples go out fishing. And so that's what's going on right here. They're fishing, and Jesus had appeared to them twice before. So they knew Jesus had been resurrected. They just didn't understand the implications that, that they had. So they're going fishing, and they're fishing, and usually they would fish at night, and here's morning. Then Jesus called out to them, verses 1 of chapter 21. Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered, he said. Well, throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. If you remember... This is when Jesus first called them years, about three plus years ago, when he called Peter, they were in the same place. They were fishing and they hadn't caught any fish. Jesus tells them to throw it on the other side. And after they caught all these fish, he said, follow me. Jesus is the master of recreating scenes. The whole Bible is actually filled with this. The whole Exodus story of when the Israelites came out of Egypt as slaves and came to the promised land mirrors the New Testament. Jesus coming out of Egypt and how we are slaves to sin. Uh, heaven is our promised land. And there's just so many things that Jesus loves to do that. And, and here's the encouragement that Jesus is intentional. When he does things, he's forethinking about what's going to happen. How does his implications? He's intentional. I think sometimes we think we serve a God who's shooting from the hip, but not our God. He knows. He's sovereign. He's intentional. So when they did that, when they threw the net on the other side, they were unable to haul the net in because of a large number of fish. Then the disciple, who, then the disciple whom Jesus loved, which is John, and I, and I love that he calls himself, I'm the disciple Jesus loved. I think it's so arrogant. But I also think it's because that when you're with Jesus, that he loves you so much that you kind of have the sense like, I'm the only one that he loves. How could anyone love someone more than they love me? How he loves me. And, and I think that's so cool that Jesus wants these intimate, intentional relationships with you and with me. That we could say, I'm the one Jesus loves. And someone would say, no, I'm the one whom Jesus loves. But because John's writing this, he's identified, I'm the one who he loves. So when he says this, he said to Peter, it is the Lord. 
As soon as Simon Peter heard him say that it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment on around him, for he had taken it off, and he jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish. For they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you had just caught. So Simon um, and Peter climbed back in the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153. I, I love the specifics. But even with so many, the net was not torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. So this resurrected body was kind of, I know who you are, but you look a little different. Then Jesus served them the bread and the food he, he, and the fish. He gave them food. This was the third time Jesus had beer to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs. Jesus told them, Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, now it's getting serious, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said, you know I love you. Then take care of my sheep. Jesus said a third time, yes, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Now Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question three times. And the reason three is because just days before, maybe weeks before, when Jesus was getting arrested, he denied even knowing Jesus three times. So Jesus is, again, recreating the scene, asking him three times. Um, Do you remember when you denied me? Well, I'm giving you a chance of redemption. And, Peter's, and then the Jesus, and Peter was hurt that Jesus asked him a third time. And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. Lord, we pray, Lord, that we would feed your sheep, your people, Lord. Help us to do what you've commanded us to do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. When I go grocery shopping, it really usually, it usually doesn't end well. Kate does most of the shopping because she is better at knowing what we need as a family and knowing how, what is healthy and what's not. And for me, because I don't do it that frequently, I go and I kind of look at labels and if it seems healthy or if it's something that's been in our fridge or closet at one time, I feel like that's fair game to buy. And so the other day I go shopping. Um, it's usually because I have to go in to uh, get something else, and I'm like, while I'm here, might as well pick some things up. Kate always says, when you go, just pick up the things you came to pick up, then nothing else. <laughs> and so, I, but I can't help myself. And so I go, and I come back, and she's helping me unpack the groceries, and she's looking at some of the things. And so, for example, sometimes I'll buy gummies. And we're... Our kids love gummies, and Kate usually buys Annie's gummies. It's like like organic. It's like really, it's not good for you, but it's not as really processed and bad as other gummies. You get my my gist. Sometimes it's cost benefit. So I'll get gummies, and she said, Annie, what are these? I'm like, what are their gummies? I know we don't need gummies. I'm like, no, no, no. Why'd you get this brand? So like, Kate, look on the label. It says with natural ingredients, and it says gluten free. And Kate's like, gummies don't even have gluten. 
They're trying to trap you, Andy. I'm like, well, what do you mean? And then she turned it over and, and she was reading all the ingredients. Natural ingredients. All they have to do is put a splash of like strawberry juice and then it's natural ingredients. But look, high fructose syrup. Look at like a quadrillion grams of sugar, uh, processed sugar. Oh, and look at this, red dye number nine. Dun, dun, dun. And I'm like, well, it says it was healthy, but it's really not. And here's what I believe. The reason I bring up this story is because I think many of us have been given the wrong information on how to live a spiritually healthy diet. We've been given the wrong way of doing it. I think so many of it is about what you consume. The more you go to church, the more you are a Christian. The more you read your Bible, the more you're a Christian. The more Bible studies you do, the more podcasts you listen to, the more you consume, the more you are a Christian. The question is, hey, do you believe in Jesus? Are you Christian? And the, a lot of times the response is, well, I haven't been to church in a while, or I go to this church, and all those things. And, and, and the reality is that that's not the question I ask. Are you transformed by the blood of Christ? Has your life reflected your following Jesus? It's not about consuming. Now, let me put it this way. Uh, years ago uh, in college, I went whitewater rafting up in Maine on the Kennebunk. And if you are somewhere else and have been rafting in Colorado, this doesn't compare. But for someone who's never done it before, it's a big deal. And they have like two class fives in this one river. So before we go in the river, we all sit down, we got all our gear on, and the instructor, the guide, would give us about an hour to two hour lesson on safety. This is how you want to wear your uh, life jacket. And when you come across a rock, don't take your oar and stop it because the weight of the boat is too much. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take you out. If you fall in the river, put your feet in the air, let your life jacket save you. Don't try to uh, scramble. We'll come get you. You just let the water drift you down. And he gives you all these things to know. He teaches us how to white water raft. So let's say at the very end of this lesson, he's like, okay, guys, now it's time to go home. Thank you guys for coming. I'm so glad. Now you know how to whitewater raft. We'll see you when we see you for another lesson on whitewater rafting. And we get on the school bus, which got us there, and we drive off. We would say that was ludicrous. We came to raft. So hear me this. That doesn't even make sense. But hear this. Teaching is very important. We want to know who Jesus is. We want to know scripture. If you are trying to struggle how to, you know, read scripture, just download the free Bible app, join Fireside's reading plan, either the, the one that goes through the whole Bible in the year or just the New Testament. Start with the Gospel of John. Get in the Word. It is valuable. How are we supposed to live for Jesus? We don't know who Jesus is or how to live for Jesus. It is very important. But it's not just about consuming. It's about contributing. Jesus wants us to get in the raft and go down the river. Live our life based on the teachings that he's told us. So if he says, I want you to love your neighbor, what we should be doing is loving our neighbor. I don't want you to sin anymore. I want you to lessen the sin. What we should be doing is lessening the sin. What we learn should reflect how we live. But we have been giving an unhealthy spiritual diet where it's like just consume, 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 and we will just get all these things. I want to be fed. I want to be fed. 
said, but yet it just comes out the other end and it does nothing to change our life. But yet we will check the box that I am a Christian. Look at my diet. Like many of you, we have so many dieting books. We have keto, we have um, paleo, we have intermediate fasting, all these things. We have the books. And if someone says, hey, are you taking a diet? It's like, well, let me tell you this. I've been reading a ton about dieting. I know paleo, I know keto, I'm intermittent fit. I, I know all this. I'm reading this podcast on dieting and it's, it's awesome. It, like, it could change your life. If you eat what they're telling you to eat, it would be life changing. So, whoa, well, how's it feel? Like, <laughs> I'm not doing it. Are you crazy? That's so hard. I'm not doing it. I'm just learning about it. See, this is the same thing that is happening with our spiritual diet. We're consuming, but we're not contributing to building God's kingdom. And I believe, especially out of this season of COVID, many of us are not just hungry, but we're angry. And the word together is hangry, that we are hangry. Have you ever been starved? This happened to me the other day. I went shopping starved. Worst mistake you could ever do. I was so hangry and, and my kids were losing it. I had my one-year-old, I had my five-year-old and, and I'm throwing them the food before we bought it and, and then beeping the empty you know, yogurt pouches and all that stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And I, and I was 30 minutes late for preschool and I came back, I'm like, I don't even know what I just purchased. I just started throwing things in my cart. I was hangry and I believe many of us are hangry. We are hungry, we wanna be full, but and we are angry because the church has not been the church that we've been wanting it to be for the over the last year because we've been limited because of COVID and, and it's just been this dark cloud. But I want to tell you this. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people say, I just want to be fed. I, I get it, right? And, and there's nothing wrong with saying, I want to be full. I want the spirit to fill me up. But for me, being in church, uh, in ministry for you know like 25 years I just I feel like that word is just saying you are not giving me what I want to consume I want to consume better sermons I want to consume better worship I want to consume a better facility I want to consume better kids ministry I want to consume a better young adult ministry I want to consume a better um, empty nester ministry I want to consume this I want to consume that and because you're not giving me what I need I am empty and I need you to feed me Seymour if you've seen the play and that is what I feel like so many of people as and it's my pet peeve because I don't see that biblically I don't see it's about consuming I don't see that and we're going to get to that so the question is how do we get fed spiritually how do we get food how do we get filled up don't you want to be full don't you want to be full of spirit I do so if we look at the story with Peter, there's two things I want to point out here. One, while Jesus is saying this, feed my sheep, he is literally feeding Peter. He is grilling. They're grilling. They're doing a barbecue on the beach from the fish that he's given them. He also has just given them 153 fish, more than they need. He is feeding them, but yet he's telling them to feed my sheep. We see this in the feeding of the 5,000, which is in all four of the Gospels. One of the few stories that are in all four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Jesus is teaching. Again, teaching is good. Hearing the word is good. And there's over 5,000 people, and the disciples are looking, it's late, and they come up to Jesus and say, what are we going to do? 
They're hungry. We need to get them food. We don't have enough money. We don't have enough time. It's daylight. We need to give them food. It's like going to your pastor and saying, my friend needs Jesus. He's hungry. You need to tell him about Jesus. You need to serve him. You need to love him, church. And what this is what Jesus says in response, and I love this. This is classic Jesus. And Jesus says this. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. <laughs> Me? You feed them. Sing. I love it. And, and, and as a church, this is kind of our, our response to fireside. What we want to be one of the values is when someone says, hey, you need to feed them. They're hungry. It's like, you feed them. But then they, like, well, how? <laughs> All we have is a, a few loaves of breath and fish that we, we, um, that we have from this little boy. And Jesus helps them feed his people, sits them down, and he multiplies the little they have. And what I think is very fascinating, because we, we don't concentrate on this so much, at the very end, when everyone's full, the disciples, the whole time, they're serving people, serving fish, serving bread. The whole time, at the end, they each take baskets full, big baskets filled with bread. And not only do they feed the people, they get more food than anybody else. And they are full. When you feed others is when you will get fed. It's not just about consuming, it's about contributing to building God's kingdom. If you've ever served before, in a ministry with students, you're not feeling when you've just walked with somebody you help them, you serve them, you proclaim the gospel. My guess is if you've ever done that, whether it's a long mission trip or just a small conversation, that you walk away from that conversation, that experiencing, feeling full. Why? Because you fed them. But many of us have all these insecurities, these excuses of why we can't contribute to building God's kingdom. We talked about this last week, and you can go on YouTube or our um, website and see any of the podcasts about the one thing that we're all secure about is that everyone's insecure. You doubt your ability, your place in the church, as a body of believers. How can I do anything? How can I contribute? I just, I'm still searching. I, I, I'm just a nominal believer. I'm, I'm not old enough. I'm too old, and the list goes on and on. And what Jesus is saying in the feeding of the 5,000 especially, he's saying, I'm not asking for your ability. I'm asking for your availability. I'm going to say that again because I think this was so key and this was so fresh. When I, was, when I was listening to this, I was like, this is gold. Because Jesus is like, I just want you to be available. And when you are available, I will make you able. Now that's not to say it was like, hey, hey, you need to be on the worship team and you need to sing. If that were me to say, hey, to come sing, like that would be good for nobody. <laughs> but we all have callings on our life to contribute. God has placed you in people's lives for a reason, to contribute to building God's kingdom. That's the body, right? The head, the hand, the arms, everything needs everyone, not just to consume, but to give. And he's saying, I don't worry about your ability. I just want your availability. Will you say yes and be available? 
And if you take what you consume to use to contribute, I'm telling you, you are gonna be full. So you say, I, I need to be fed. But Jesus says, well, I'll feed you, but feed my people. Isaiah says this in chapter 58, and I gotta be honest with you, I've never really stumbled across this verse, and I thought it was so cool. Isaiah, which is a prophet, before Jesus came, he was a prophet. He, he said about the exile, but he didn't see the exile. So right around at the end of the kings, when um, Israel was still a country before Babylon came, Isaiah says this in chapter 58, verses 10 through 11. If you pour yourself out for the hungry and satisfy the desire of the afflicted, then shall your light rise in the darkness, and your gloom be as the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your desire, make you full in scorched places, and make your bones strong. I will give you health, spiritual health, in places where you don't think you could find it, in scorched places, if you pour yourself out for those who are in need. Feed my people and you will be fed. Have you ever seen the Pixar movie Wally? Wally's about humanity has destroyed Earth, so they live in a spaceship, but all they do is consume, 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 and they just get so big and they all sit on these like recliners that drive around the spaceship. And then finally, the captain of the ship who's been consuming like any food you want, anyone, he realizes that this is not how you're supposed to live life. And then he sees a glimpse of what earth could be and he has all these rememories. And then it became a battle between the robots who are like, no, more, 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 more. I think sometimes Satan is like the robots, like, no, 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 just consume, consume. I don't want you to contribute because you're going to be full. And I want you to feel empty. I'm going to give you, give you, give you. And it's going to come out, come out. I'm going to give you, give you, give you, give you. And so that, that's like the premise of the movie. I think a lot of us right now are just like, feed me, feed me. And we're, you know, we're trying to figure out how do I get full but the really the reason is we're just really living an unhealthy spiritual diet and it's about getting our priorities in, in check as well because we can feed God's people when our priorities are feeding because Jesus asked Peter do you love me more than these the question is what are these the scholars debate it could have been the fish that they just got do you love me more than these fish you're your financial success. Do you love me more than that? Do you love me more than your friends? Look around, your friends, these disciples that are with you. Do you love me more than your family? Is your father your number one love? Because if it is, then that will make it your number one priority to feed his people. Putting your heart in check. What are you focused on? Fish, success, family, friends. I'm not saying they're not important. Of course they're important. But the number one priority in your life should be following the Father. And when we take what we've learned, how the Spirit works, even though we may be insecure in our ability, when we say, God, I am available, I am telling you, you will be full. Fire said, we need the body. As we come into this new season where many of us are hangry, the best way to eliminate that hunger is to feed God's people, to contribute. Contribute to what we're doing as a church. And that's not talking about our gatherings on Sunday morning. That would be great. 
I'm talking about everything. Now, when someone comes to you thirsty or hungry for the word, that you would, with our help as a church, with our help, Jesus didn't leave the disciples with it. He's the one who gave him the food to feed others. And, and I believe as a church, like right now, you're receiving food, and my hope is this food would be given to others, that you would be the ones feeding them, that God would, His Holy Spirit would infuse in you and that you could feed God's people that contribute to building God's kingdom. And if we were all about contributing and not just consuming, we could just be life-changing in this area and wherever you're watching, that you could put your God's words into action. That's who he wants. Get in the river and start rafting. Start using what you've learned and what you've been taught and keep learning and teaching more so you can impact people more and more. That's the purpose. We want to be a church that is, about, that is filled with contributors, not just consumers. Lord, we pray, God, that you would convict us that you would give us a heart to say, Lord, I am available. Please, God, make me able. Take away my insecurities that I may be impactful in contributing to building your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And it's in your name we pray.